Welcome to the Pulse Podcast. I'm Amelia Sullivan. Earlier this year, physical therapy student Hannah Bells couldn't shake a poor grade she'd received on an exam. She was so upset by it that she started to doubt herself. It wasn't until she shared her story via the APTA Pulse blog that she began to shift her perspective. Maybe instead of holding her grades in such high regard, it made more sense to see them as milestones or as check-in points. In this episode, Hannah acknowledges that while grades in physical therapy school are important, it's learning the content and skills that matters most. In our conversation, Hannah refers to PT school as a marathon, even citing similarities with ultra running in what's known as the pain cave. Here's our conversation with Hannah. So Hannah, you wrote a post for the APTA Pulse blog that you titled, I don't care about my grades. Can you tell listeners about the backstory behind why you wrote this piece? Yeah. Um, first, I just want to say, you know, thank you, Amelia, so much for having me on. Um, it was really exciting to kind of post my first Pulse blog article and then um, to get the feedback on it that, you know, I kind of wasn't wasn't the only one feeling some of these feelings um, was was refreshing and comforting. Um, so, yeah, kind of the backstory of the article really I wrote it as more of like a cathartic experience for me um, because it was just frustrating getting a failing grade on an assignment that I felt like I was really prepared for and um, not only prepared for, but um, with an experience that I thought I actually did well on. Um, and I, I touched a little bit on kind of the setup of what the assignment was, but um, it was a very, you know, kind of pressurized situation where the patient is a classmate of mine and she's being graded on like how well she knows her stuff. Um, but you know, she has to act like an authentic patient. I'm being graded on my ability to be a good therapist and come up with a differential. And then you have um, a group of four students who are acting as clinical instructors and they're grading both of us. Um, and so after the experience was over, you know, I had gotten great feedback that was in line um, from the clinical instructors, but I didn't really end up talking to the patient that much. Um, and then a few days later, I found out that, um, you know, I had gotten this uh, 65% on the assignment. I was like, where, you know, where did this come from? Uh, and so it really just all of a sudden, like, was shock, then frustration. And then the worst feeling of all was this embarrassment that came from it. Um, and I know that there's been a few articles on imposter syndrome. And I always felt like, yeah, you know, sometimes I I feel like that sometimes. But um, this was the first time where I felt like, oh, wow, like this is the core of what being a physical therapist is. And like, I didn't even get this. Um, so I was talking, it, it, you know, frustrated me enough where I kept talking about it, you know, to my husband and to my friends and um, just really couldn't seem to like get over this experience. Um, and so I ended up writing about it and it actually ended up being um, just a really great experience to know that, okay, like there were some other people who, you know, the same thing has happened to and, you know, they got over it and, or that, um, you know, that my article helped in some sort of way for someone else that was going through something similar. So it was, um, just a good experience all around to kind of share, share the story. And so to your point about it being an unpopular opinion, tell us why you think that's the case. I I think most people, and I mean, um, and I kind of said it tongue-in-cheek because, of course, you know, I, I care about my grades. I, I want to pass uh, PC school, and, you know, it was probably a fitting day. You know, hopefully a year from now I pass, I end up passing my boards. Um, but I think it's 
you have to take a step back and look at it and say, okay, what is this grade measuring? Um, and I think that was part of my reflection of like, okay, if I can, what is it measuring uh, or what was it attempting to measure? And do I feel like after reflecting on that particular, you know, test or assignment, do I think that I met those, um, what it was trying to measure? Like, because, um, and I spoke about this too in the article, I think sometimes the grading structure itself, a lot of times, doesn't really measure what it thinks it's measuring. Um, and I think that's a good skill for a student to have to say, okay, wait a second, like, you know, I'm okay, or, you know, or maybe I can, it maybe was measuring something that it was, that it was supposed to correctly, and now I can take that and learn. But I think discerning the difference um, is an important skill to have. Um, and yeah, I just think it's, you know, so many people get very just wrapped up in like the grade is what matters and this is what matters. And, you know, if I do get a 65 on this assignment that, like I was thinking, like, this is the end of it and, you know, I'm not going to be a good therapist, but like, it does, it takes, you know, maybe a day for some people and maybe for me, you know, a few weeks to just say, okay, we're okay and I'm learning from this and I'm I'm going to still be successful in life. You know, this isn't the end all be all. Do you think partly too, I mean, PT and PTA students, you guys are so smart and accomplished and you've worked so hard to even get where you're at or even in these programs. So do you feel like there's just this expectation that you're going to get great grades all the time and maybe even so some students have never really even struggled in school previously. So this might be a new experience. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think um, especially in my class, there's, I would say, probably half to 75% um, came straight out from undergrad. Um, And so the experience is very much like, okay, well, I'm going to fight for every little point um, because I'm used to getting all A's, you know, and that's how they obviously got to – that position. Um, and then I, you know, and I, I feel like I'm someone who I'm fairly young, you know, this isn't like a second career or anything, so, but I kind of fall in the middle where I had some work experience beforehand. Um, so for me going in, it was like, yes, I was expecting to do well because I always had done well. But then on the other hand, I think I had a little bit of life experience to say like, okay, you know, um, don't, um, don't get too caught up in this. So I was kind of on this like weird, I think, balancing tip. Whereas if you looked at more mature students in my program, you know, it's a completely different um, angle that they're coming from. It's like, okay, hey, this is really more about like me being the best clinician that I can, not about um, getting a 96 versus a 95. Um, so that's kind of been interesting for me, kind of feeling like I've been in the middle of that, seeing the, the spectrum of consideration that people have towards grades. Um, has been interesting, but but yeah, I definitely think that there is this expectation from a lot of people that okay, well, I'm a smart individual, so I'm going to excel at this. And um, I probably most people have had experiences like the one that I wrote about, where all of a sudden it just takes one exam where you're kind of halted a little bit, and then need to take a step back and uh, reevaluate what you thought you knew. And now for a quick break, get inspired to reach a higher peak in your career. Join thousands of attendees from around the world at APTA's Combined Sections Meeting, February 12th through February 15th, 2020, in Denver, Colorado. 
Visit APTA.org CSM for more details. And now let's return to the show. So I'll say, I read your article as an emphasis that learning the content and getting a good grasp on what you're learning is the goal, right? And correct me if I'm wrong, but achieving the highest grades isn't the point. Ultimately, you want to provide the best quality care for your patients, and that comes with knowing your skill set. So I want to hear from you about your evolution in this thought process about grades and really the goal of what you're trying to do while in school, which will carry over into your career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know, I'm kind of a funny person to ask that to because if you ask my friends, I'm very chill and laid back. You know, if like a certain test is coming up, I'm, I've never been the person to kill myself um, studying over something. Like, I just try to be as efficient as possible and study in the least amount of time as possible. And, you know, sometimes that serves me well and sometimes it doesn't. But um, it's it's funny, though, because I'll kind of have that attitude. And then, like, maybe, like, about, like, an hour to 30 minutes before the exam, all of a sudden it's like, Hannah, like, why couldn't you have just gotten your stuff together and, like, put a little bit more effort into this? Like, you would, like, all of a sudden it's a panic mode where I can't believe that, you know, I didn't, I, I could have taken this more seriously. And then after, you know, the experience is over, usually it's fine because I did put in, you know, an adequate amount of work for it. And, you know, and then the exam is over and I move on with my life um, and the cycle repeats. So I, I think um, it's, it's kind of been like a funny evolution in that way that uh, I don't really know if I if I have gotten over because I feel like I'm still like that to an extent. Um, but it's always this like variation of like really, really caring and then not caring at all and really, really caring and not caring at all. Um, and I think that's probably like hopefully I'm not alone in that, but I think that's probably the um, the source of a lot of anxiety in any sort of graduate program is that just like up and down of like, knowing when you need to power up and put a lot of effort into something because this is really important and this does matter and this will matter in the long term versus like, hey, okay, let me step back and see the big picture on things. And like, it, you know, if I go out to dinner with my husband, you know, the night before a five-point quiz, like it's okay. You know, I can do that and and still be fine in life. Um, so, yeah, I think it's – I don't know if that answers that question or not, but – um I think the evolution is is continuously occurring for me about, like, where should I place value, um, you know, what's the most efficient use of my, um, of my concern, I think, at that moment. I mean, I don't think you're alone in that. It's definitely unique. Just from knowing so many students over the years and talking to them, I know there's students out there who are constantly working to get the highest and best grades and have to study a ton, and then there's other students that can do well without the same effort and stress. And I feel like just from your post and then from talking to you, you seem right in the middle. And kind of reiterating some of what you said before, like in your post you gave the example, in real life you might have a patient that gives you a 30%. So I guess my question is, how do you deal with that? Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, and I think this is a specific area that I'm actually really passionate about and was why I kind of inserted it into the article was about outcomes tracking um, because I think you can look at it in a way of, well, you know, outcome measures are kind of the the life grade that our patient gives us um, at the end of a session. 
And, I mean, I think most people or a, a lot of clinicians that I've interacted with um, tend to have negative associations because I almost feel like it, it's like a grade that comes back to haunt you. You know, you think you're done with school and it's like, ah, like, you know, I can't get reimbursed if my outcomes aren't good. And, you know, so it's kind of like these, um, you know, real-life consequences um, associated with this this grade, which is the outcome. Um but to me, I almost feel like that is more exciting in a sense because, you know, it's, it does mirror what we're experiencing in school where, like, yes, that, that you know, the patient might fill out the dash, you know, backward or, you know, and it might not be reflective of the progress that you saw. But, like, you can still say at the end of the day, I'm still valuable as a therapist and, you know, if you can justify the progress that your patient made, then more power to you. But I think when it becomes really powerful um, is that aggregate outcome collection. You know, if you're taking outcomes on all of your patients, then hopefully those outliers, the ones that scored you, you know, the the, the hypothetical 30%, um, tend to fall out the wayside, and then you can get an accurate depiction of where you are. And, I mean, I think that's true in PT school as well. You know, like, yes, like this one assignment doesn't determine where I am as a therapist, but what does say something if I can't pass, you know, my musculoskeletal classes or the classes that relate to this, if I consistently get poor grades and like, you know, that's an indication maybe there's something, um, you know, lower. I mean, I don't say, I know sometimes just even passing a class can be like that one, you know, blip on the radar itself. So I don't mean to say that. Um, But I think when you start to look at an aggregate collection of, quote unquote grades, um, that's when, you know, maybe I would tend to give more weight to it. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, if you have that one patient and that one experience, then no, you know, you definitely don't need to put your all your eggs in that basket and just say, okay, well, you know, my value is is gone because of that one experience, you know. Yeah, I know. A while ago, we had a blog post that was talking about not measuring your self-worth against patient outcomes. There's going to be times when you have patients that, for whatever reason, you just aren't going to be the therapist that gets them to where they want to be. But in the end, I don't think you should question your skill set and knowledge base and think that it's not worthy or valuable. Right, of course. And I mean, I think it's always, it's just a tool, you know, and like a grade is a tool for self-reflection in the real world and outcome measurement is a tool for self-reflection. I can I take that and look at it and learn from it and say like hey yeah I really messed up here this is an area that I need to work on and struggle and overcome eventually or is this something that I can justify and say yeah this you know this doesn't really make sense and it wasn't evaluating what it thought it was evaluating and you know okay I can give it still is important but I can give a little less weight to it in my life and I can go to sleep and not be <laughs> you know, upset about it and uh, and complaining about it like like I did for, for so long with this particular assignment. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a balance. And, of course, like if you have other things in your life besides school and besides grades, then, you know, it, it, com- it becomes easier, um, you know, and people that you care about and that you can lean on, definitely that support system, system is always important when – you know, having discussions like this one. Um, But yeah, yeah. I think just knowing that these outside factors 
you know, shouldn't influence your self-worth or your value. They're just tools out there to help, you know, to help with self-reflection and to help make you a better person ultimately. Okay, so some of the students who commented on your blog post on APTA.org mentioned they were struggling in school, maybe even experiencing imposter syndrome due to grades or just how they were feeling in school. So talk to those students. What would you say to them? Maybe give them a little bit of a pep talk. Yeah, I mean, um, it's funny. My husband recently got into um, ultra running, and so I've not that I can run nearly as many miles as he can, but um, I've been really interested with the sport. Um, and it's funny, they always talk about this term, like the pain cave. And I've started to really attach myself with that um, that analogy because I just feel like school, like, you know, like, yeah, you're in it. Like, you're in the pain cave. And, um, you know, it's it's a marathon. It's not, it's not a sprint. And these are all – these exams are just milestones. Um, to get you to where you want to go. And, I mean, even once we graduate, there's going to be another slew of milestones. And, I mean, and ho- hopefully there should. Hopefully you should. If there's not any um, checkpoints, I would encourage people to make their own checkpoints because that's really – they're just points of self-reflection and growth and figuring out what went wrong and how can I just kind of start carving away at a better version of myself um, but yeah, so I would say to that person who's in the pain cave right now, um, to find some pleasure in that sensation. Um, you know, I mean, that's probably cliche too, kind of the pleasure in the pain, but I mean, it is, I think feeling that struggle and that suffering only intensifies the, the feeling at the end. And it's, it's actually interesting too that we're talking about this because I just started reading this book, um, called The Passion Paradox. And um, they were talking about how the word passion um, used to solely refer to suffering. Um, And it was only, um, I think, in, like, the Canterbury Tales and Shakespeare that started using it as a more term for, like, desire and, like, emotional desire. Um, But it was always, like, related back to suffering. Um, So I think, like, to understand that when we're, you know, hopefully we're in this profession because we are passionate about it, but understanding that with passion comes the suffering and feeling uncomfortable and feeling vulnerable and not always um, not always meeting our own expectations and understanding like that's, that's just part of the pain cave, you know. And now for a quick break. Would you like to save hundreds of dollars on APTA membership? If you're a student member of APTA, the Career Starter Dues Program provides discounted membership dues over the first five years of your career. Participants in the program also receive a free registration to APTA's next conference and exposition the first year after graduation. Learn more at APTA.org slash career starter dues. Now let's return to the show. So right now, Hannah, you're a third year student, and this might be similar to the last question, but if you could talk to the pre-PT school student, Hannah or first-year student Hannah, going along the lines of grades and the school experience, what would you say to her knowing what you know now? <laughs> um, what would I say to myself? Um, yeah, I think it would be to maybe approach situations with a little more compassion for myself. Um, you know, and I, I think looking 
in the weeks before I started PT school, I had very high expectations of myself and was like, I, you know, know so much already and this is going to be a breeze and, you know, I, I'm here to change things. And um, I, I think I came in just like very arrogant for what I thought the profession was and what I thought um, I could potentially do for the profession. Um, and then, which is, I think is cool in a sense, but, you know, you have to keep that student and that learner mindset. Um, and like I said before, you know, know when you need to power up, but also when you need to take the step back and, um, and be humble about it. And I think these experiences, um, like this one was kind of that, you know, and this, it, this was not the first time that I've had to, um, kind of come down come down a little bit off of my um you know probably my own arrogance but they're they're good experiences for saying like hey you know be humble about this and like take a second to check yourself um so i think i would tell uh a younger version of myself just be compassionate and be open and willing to accept negative things that are going to come your way because they're obviously going to come your way and you just need to be prepared to absorb them and learn from them and then keep moving forward. Yeah, like seeing failure is a learning and growth experience versus a negative reflection of yourself. It it is so cliche, but it's I mean, clichés are clichés because they're they're true, you know, they're tried and true. Um yeah, you have I think that's such a it's a skill that we should all know, like, yeah, learn from your failures, but, like, no, really, like, what does it mean to learn from your failures? Like, it is not a comfortable situation to be in. Right. Thrive in the uncomfortable, as hard as that can seem. So before we end, are there any last thoughts you'd like to leave with listeners? Yeah, I would actually say um, kind of a shout out to um, the APTA, but I felt like in my first year, I really took advantage of going to a lot of um, outside opportunities. I, you know, I went to CSM, Federal Advocacy Forum, Next, NSC, um, and I think those were kind of life-saving in that way of getting me outside of the classroom and, like, seeing the applicability of, like, what these professors were trying to talk about you know, in the classroom versus like, okay, how is it, um, like what, what are the implications for what they're trying to teach? Um, and that was really, really eye opening for me. Um, so I think my, my biggest advice to anyone that, um, is listening would be to really prioritize and take advantage of the opportunities that, you know, your program offers or that's what scholarships are available. Um, because they, they really do help you take a step back and see kind of the forest from the trees um, a little bit and get get you thinking like, okay, you know, the, this grade isn't the end-all be-all. It is X. It's helping this population. It's, you know, doing this research. Um, so that's just been really – it's doing this type of advocacy work. Um, so that kind of really put it together for me and I think made me start thinking a little bit more like, hey, like this isn't like the Hannah show. There's a lot of people out here that are like really trying, that really love physical therapy and are really trying to make it better. And um, you need to prepare yourself to be able to be a team player um, with those people that are already kind of paving the way. So that's that's 
probably been the, the, the best experience of, of physical therapy school thus far is being able to do that. Hannah, thank you so much. I can almost guarantee there's going to be students out there breathing a sigh of relief after listening to this. <laughs> good, good. To read Hannah's original blog post, I Don't Care About My Grades, visit APTA's Pulse blog. APTA podcasts like this one are available on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or by visiting apta.org slash podcasts. I'm Amelia Sullivan. Thanks for listening.